this evening. Let's read Philippians 4, 11 through 13. Not that I speak in regard to need, for I have learned in whatever state I am to be content. I know how to be abased, and I know how to be abound. Everywhere and in all things I have learned both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer in need. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You may be seated. Philippians 4:13. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. It's a it's a well-known verse. It's very popular. When I hear that verse, I automatically think of uh, professional athletes. Uh, you hear a lot of athletes quoting this verse in, uh, in post-game interviews after a, a good performance, and they'll say, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. It's, it's a very popular verse. I would even go so far as to say if we looked at the social media accounts of everyone in here, we'd probably find this verse a few times. And there's nothing wrong with that. That is a wonderful verse to have on uh, social media. But the point I'm trying to make is that it is a, a very popular, a very well-known verse. But less well-known than, than this verse is the context behind this verse. Less known than, than this verse is what exactly is going on in the book of Philippians at this, at this point. And so tonight we're going we're gonna to look at this section in Philippians. By the way, the, the section we're going to look at is verses 10 through 20. And we're going to look at what exactly this section is talking about, what the context of this section is. If I had to describe this section of Scripture in one word, that would be sacrifice. But I'd much rather do it in two words and describe it as sacrificial living. That's what this, uh, this portion of Scripture is talking about, and, and you can see this thread running through the whole book of Philippians. And so as we get into this text, and as we look at uh, verses 10 through 20, we're going to find three benefits to sacrificial living. Benefit number one, sacrificial living benefits the one on whose account the sacrifice is made. Now I want to make a point here real quick that uh, the sacrifice that we're talking about, we don't want to confuse this with the sacrifice we would think of in the Old Testament. Um, this is not animal sacrifice, although uh, sacrificial living is, it may be uh, similar to what we would think of in Old Testament sacrifices, but we don't want to get them confused. We're talking about sacrificial living. We're talking about the instance where one Christian takes from, from their abundance what they have uh, a surplus of, and they give to another Christian to lift them up, to help them in, in a time of need. When one Christian uh, takes themselves and, and they, they empty themselves and they lower themselves so that someone else can be raised up. That's the type of, of sacrifice we're looking at here. And so sacrificial living benefits the one uh, 
on whose account the sacrifice is made. In this section of Scripture, the Philippians have, have brought a gift to Paul because when Paul is writing the book of Philippians, he is in Roman prison. He's under house arrest in Rome. He's chained to a guard 24-7, and he does not have some of the, the luxuries that, that we have in modern-day prisons. He doesn't get three square meals a day. He doesn't get to, uh, to go out and, uh, you know, a set time to exercise and, and do things like that. And in some prisons today, people even have the opportunity to, to work a little bit um, at different, different tasks to earn a little bit of money. He does not have that option. And in Roman prison, if you don't have food, you're not going to eat. If you don't have your own food or if you don't have the funds to buy your own food, you're not going to eat. And so the Philippians, they have, they have brought this gift to Paul, and they're taking care of his needs. First and foremost, they, they take care of his physical needs. We see in verse 18, But I have received everything in full and have an abundance. I am aptly supplied, having received from Epaphroditus what you have sent, a fragrant aroma, an acceptable sacrifice, well-pleasing to God. By living sacrificially, the Philippians took care of his physical needs. And although his physical needs may seem like they are rather important needs, our needs, our physical needs are important. Do we need to eat? Yes. Do we need, do we need food and water? Yes, we need those things. But of all the needs we're going to look at tonight, this is the least important of them. Secondly, the Philippians took care of his emotional needs. We look at verse 10. But I rejoiced in the Lord greatly that now at last you have revived your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned before, but you lacked opportunity. Paul rejoices because someone cares about him. Keep in mind, he, he's in prison. He's by himself. He's, uh, there's not many Christians there that we know of. He talks about a few of them in, in chapter 1 and chapter 2. But for the most part, he's by himself. For the most part, everyone around him is against him. The, the Romans, they've, uh, they've arrested him because he wants to go before Caesar and any Jews that he might meet. Well, they don't like him either. The Jews really don't like him. But just to know that, that someone is concerned for him, to know that in this, this difficult time when he, he feels alone, that someone else loves him. That brings joy to him. They took care of his emotional needs. And, and lastly, they took care of his spiritual needs. In verse 14, we read, Nevertheless, you have done well to share with me in my affliction. I think it's safe to say that Paul suffered quite a bit of affliction. At one point in his ministry, he was, he was even drug out of the city and stoned, almost to the point of death, because they didn't like what he was teaching. And now he's, he's in prison, He's suffering this affliction, and, and they are sharing with him in that affliction. They are bearing his burdens. It can be very discouraging to, to think that you are the only one fighting this good fight, to think that you're the only one that is dedicated like you are to, to serving in God's kingdom. It seems like everyone else around you just really doesn't care. 
But the Philippians, they took care of his spiritual need because they let him know that he was not the only one fighting that fight. They were sharing in that fight with him. They were sharing in his afflictions. So sacrificial living benefits the one on whom the sacrifice, on whose account the sacrifice is made, but it also is going to benefit the one who's making that sacrifice. We look at, um, in this section of Scripture, Paul in verses 11 through 13, he uses uh, himself as an example of sacrificial living, not just the Philippians and what, what they have done for him. And in verses 11 and 12, he says, Not that I speak from want, for I have learned to be content in whatever circumstances I am. I know how to get along with humble means, and I also know how to live in prosperity. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of being filled and going hungry, both of having abundance and suffering need. By living sacrificially, Paul has learned how to be content in all things. He's learned how to be content when, when he has an abundance and when he's in poverty. He has learned the importance of those things. And additionally, in verse 13 we read, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. That's the, the well-known verse. See, by, by living sacrificially, Paul has learned that there's power in Christ. He's learned of the power that Christ has to to get him through whatever situation he is in. And lastly, in verse 17, we, we go back to the Philippians and their sacrifice, and it says, Not that I seek the gift itself, but I seek for the profit, which increases to your account. That word profit there literally is just fruit. By, by living sacrificially, the Philippians were bearing fruit. They were, they were bearing fruit. We're told that we should store up riches for ourselves in heaven, that we should bear fruit, that we should uh, have some sort of uh, something to show for our work, I guess. And they are bearing fruit by living sacrificially. So we have to ask ourselves, can, can we do this? Can we, can we take care of someone's needs? when we live sacrificially? Yeah, I think we can. To put it uh, maybe in uh, more relatable terms, maybe in, in terms that are going to hit a little bit closer to home, at least for me and, and I hope for you as well, we read about the Philippians taking care of Paul's need and he says, I rejoice in the Lord that you have revived your concern when he says that he has received everything and he is amply supplied, when he says that they have done well to share with him in their affliction, in his affliction. But to, to rephrase this, if, if I may, to make it hit a little bit more close to home, I, Sean Rawl, rejoice greatly in the Lord, knowing that this congregation is concerned for me. You have done well to share with me in my affliction, in my ups and my downs, and because of your sacrificial living, I have an abundance, and I am amply supplied. So yes, we, we can take care of the needs of others when we live sacrificially. 
we can and this congregation does. And we have to ask ourselves as well, what are, what are our benefits from, from living sacrificially? Do we have, um, can we prosper from, from living sacrificially? Can it prepare us to be content in all things? When we look at the world around us, we look at news channels and current events, and it can be a very depressing world to look at. It seems like like everything is going downhill, like nothing is going right. There's terrible people in the world. But when we live sacrificially, we know that we can be content in all circumstances because we can look back at, at past experiences that we've made it through because we've, we've lived sacrificially and, and we can see those examples that we've made it through. And can we learn of, of the power of Christ when we live sacrificially? Yeah. When things don't seem to be going our way and when we suffer affliction and, and it's Christ that gets us through that, we can see that power. And we can bear fruit when we live sacrificially. We have a, a tendency in churches today to, to promote the idea that the only way you can bear fruit is by converting someone, by baptizing someone, and that's, that's bearing fruit. And if you're not doing that, you're not bearing fruit. That can be very depressing to teach that. Because if we're not baptizing people, then we're not bearing fruit. But I don't think Scripture teaches that at all. I think there are many ways to bear fruit, and this is one of them, by living sacrificially by helping other Christians, by taking from what you have an abundance of and, and lifting someone else up. And I want to make a point real quick. When we talk about sacrificial living, it's probably the tendency of, of many. It's my tendency a lot of times to, to think that that's strictly talking about financial sacrificial living. And although that is a, a part of it, it's the same part that that took care of Paul's physical needs, but just like those were the least of his concerns, the, the financial sacrificial living is, is the, the lowest one on that list. It's still important, don't get me wrong, but it's, it's the lowest one compared to the other ways we can live sacrificially. We can give of our time, our effort, of our attention. We can give our thoughts. We can give our time in prayer. From what we have, so that we can lift someone else up. And so yes, we can, we can take care of the needs of others when we live sacrificially, and we, we can profit from sacrificial living as well. We can bear fruit, and it can prepare us for the future. But lastly, sacrificial living benefits, and I want you to listen closely to this, because if you only hear part of this, you're going to be very confused. Okay? Listen to, to these next few sentences very closely. Sacrificial living benefits God. Not that God needs the benefits, but God wants the benefits. We could even say that God deserves the benefits from sacrificial living. What I'm talking about, we see in verse 18, But I have received everything in full and have an abundance. I am amply supplied, having received from Epaphroditus what you have sent, a fragrant aroma, an acceptable sacrifice, 
well-pleasing to God. God is pleased when we live sacrificially. He is pleased when we take care of the needs of others by living sacrificially, and He is pleased when we prepare ourselves for the future and when we bear fruit by living sacrificially. And lastly, God benefits from from sacrificial living because He is glorified. Look at verse 20, last verse in this section. Now to our God and Father be the glory forever and ever. Amen. Everything we've talked about tonight, every example we've gone over, has all pointed towards the glory of God. When someone's needs are met because Christians live sacrificially, God is glorified. When someone learns of of the power of Christ because they live sacrificially and they endure affliction, God is glorified. God gave us the command to to live sacrificially. That's what He wants. He is the one that has has sent us down that road. And so when we live sacrificially and, and the fruit of that sacrificial living is brought forth, We can't glorify ourselves. The glory has to go to God. It started with God, and it has to end with God. If you get any any point from from this lesson, any one thing, it needs to be that in sacrificial living we can glorify God, because that's what it's all about. That's what it all comes down to. That's what our entire life should be about, to glorify God and to bring honor to His name. So we've looked tonight at Several examples, several reasons why we should live sacrificially. But most importantly, God expects it. God expects us to live sacrificially, and He has given us numerous examples of how to live sacrificially. We look at the, the earlier portions of the book of Philippians, it's full of examples of sacrificial living. Paul is an example, Timothy is an example, Epaphroditus is an example. And the greatest example of all we have in the book of Philippians in chapter 2 is Christ Jesus, who is God. He's God himself, and he does not consider equality with God to be something to grasp, but he empties himself, taking on the form of a bondservant. He makes the ultimate sacrifice so that we can receive the benefits so that we can receive the benefits of salvation. And how do we receive those benefits? We obey Him. We obey Him when, when He tells us to, to hear His Word and, and to believe it. We obey Him when He tells us to repent of our sins, to confess that He is the Christ, the Son of God, and to be baptized for the remission of those sins. If you're not a Christian tonight, you have a wonderful opportunity to start living sacrificially, to start living that life for Christ if you'll obey His commandments, obey the gospel. If you are a Christian and you're not living sacrificially, you're not living how, how you should, you're not living to glorify God, now's a great time to come home. Whatever your need may be, please make it known while we stand and sing. I am not-